When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Steps into it, passes, caught, digs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable, Vikings win it. 14 seconds to go, for our last play, third down, um, that's unbelievable, you can't, I, you can't draw that up, you can't wish that, that it just happened, oh my goodness. Of words. I don't know what to say, honestly. We've got- I've never been a part of nothing like that. This is unbelievable. Wow. It's a heck of a game, wasn't it? Um, and the good guys won. Yeah, wow. Um, the end of the game, we were just talking during the break. The, ordinarily, you watch that play, and, I, and watching on TV, for sure, I don't know what, you probably had more of a view of the field because you're watching from right, kind of a bird's eye. It was right below me, yeah. But watching on TV, your first instinct was, Oh my God, he caught it. Get out of bounds. And then, so your, your first thought is just get out of bounds. You're in field goal range. It'd be like a 50-yard field goal if, if Diggs would have gone out of bounds, which is how that play plays out 99 times out of 100. You just, you just go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when when the defender fell down or or just nose dove into his own teammate, yep. we couldn't see watching it on TV that there were no other defenders in the area because mm-hmm. you just had that, you know, because they're zoomed in on Stefan Diggs. So your second thought then watching on TV, and I'm sure it was like this for Dave watching at the X with hundreds of fans, was, oh my God, what are you doing? No, this is super risky. Get out of bounds. Wait, there are no defenders. Mm-hmm. And so like the, it was such a, because you watch football plays and you watch every, you, you've been watching football your whole life. And that doesn't happen at the end of a game where there's just a meltdown in coverage. It just doesn't happen. So your brain couldn't process the play as it was as it was going down the stretch. Dick's explanation was that that before he caught the ball, he said, "I turned around and I saw behind me, and I took a mental picture, a snapshot, and I saw that I saw where the defender was, and I knew that behind him there was nobody. And so when when Williams attempted to make a play, I don't know what type of play, but a play <laughs> like sold out to make a play, Dig said, "I knew there was no one else there." And I believe him. I mean, he he's a smart enough guy to actually have done that. So I buy it. I buy that he basically looked and said, okay, if this guy tries to get me and misses, I'm home free. And when I initially saw the play uh, from the press box, it was right below me. I thought for a second, he's going to step out. But then I saw on replay that he had some room there. Um, but yeah, the... 
It's funny because what the Saints' safety did was so ultimately for so long Viking secondary like, right? A boneheaded, like idiot play, was or Wanger or something like that, where you're just like, what are you even doing? Yeah. I mean, just tackle the guy. Here's what he said after the game, by the way, Marcus Williams. Man, it was just my play to make. Um, ball was in the air. I didn't go attack it. Yeah. Came down, made a great play. And, you know, that's all me. You know, I just got to be that guy and go go up and get the ball, you know. You know, as a safety back there, you got to be the eraser, and that was my job. You know, last play of the game, you got to go do it, and you got to, you know, you got to save the, save the game. Even after the game, he's saying, I, I got to go up, and I got to get the ball and be the eraser. No, your your job is to, in, in that situation, and it's super easy for me to say watching on TV, obviously, but, like, if he catches that ball and you push him backwards out of bounds, the clock winds and the game ends. If you just sit just just sit behind him, if he catches it in bounds and push him backwards out of bounds, people say, well, if you push him out of bounds, the clock stops. Only if you push him out of bounds sideways or forward. If you push him out of bounds backwards and right. he's jumping up to make the play, the game ends. Yes. The clock winds there down. Were 10 the seconds game left ends. When that play started, right? He caught it with six seconds left. I... I hate the term prevent defense, but this is one time where that's exactly what that play was. You prevent the guy from scoring. You and at prevent... the very least, make him kick a 50-yard field sure, goal. But there's there's 10 seconds left. If you had, if Diggs catches the ball and comes down with the ball inbounds and, and you do what you just said, or you or you just wrap him up. You don't try and go for the hit, the big hit. You wrap him up. The Vikings are going to have a very tough time to get uh, back to the, the line of scrimmage to either run a final play or a field goal. It's going to be difficult. This is one case where where if you prevent the guy from scoring, you're in really good shape. And, hey, listen, there were a lot of things in, in the second half that went the, the Vikings' way, too. I mean, the Saints trying on third and one to run straight into Linval Joseph, of all things. Uh, the Saints on third and one. Having Willie Sneed the fourth throw a pass. Drew Brees is your quarterback, and it's third and one. Yeah. And you're going to run a lateral attempt uh, to hit Kamara downfield with Willie. What Not are you thinking? 20 yards down the field and across the field as well. He yes. had to throw that ball like 40 yards in the air. But I don't know what you're thinking at, at that point. But all of these things begin to make up for the things that we've seen go against the, the Vikings for all these years. There's nobody today who's go- going to say, I feel bad for the Saints. Maybe Saints fans will, well, but nobody here is going to say there was a lot of stupidity from the Saints, but good for the Vikings, they took advantage. Well, and we so we had one of my favorite calls from Ventline last night. It was actually my my cousin Matt in Alabama, and him and I, he's he's my step cousin. We've been watching games. He lives in Alabama now and but he grew up in in the Twin Cities and Wisconsin. And so we've watched Vikings games together for 20 plus years or at least have been around each other family gatherings and talk Vikings all the time. And he said if you're looking for revenge on the Saints from 2009, in his mind, he thought, just put an ass whooping on him, and that would be great revenge, right? Just beat them 38-3 to and and send them home packing. Just another 41 donut, but reversed, right? But if you're going to craft the perfect way to get revenge on a team that you've been sitting on for like eight years, I mean, from a fan standpoint, obviously Zimmer doesn't have any stake in that game. Brian Robinson is the only player who has stake in that game, and he didn't even really want to talk about it this week. But if you're a fan and you could craft the perfect revenge to make Saints fans and Sean Payton feel like absolute garbage, make them think with 10 seconds to go that the game is over and all they have to do is prevent a Hail Mary or some 
seven heaven play from taking place. And boom. I mean, that was incredible revenge for Bounty Gate. Oh, and you broke the punter's ribs. Yes, you know? early on. You broke a guy's ribs. You got last-minute revenge. It was incredible. E- email from D- DJ, our buddy said that his brother told him that Sean Payton was doing the skull clap with 20 seconds left. I- I've seen that on Twitter, too. I would buy If there's video sh- of that. And with Sean Payton, I would completely buy that. I mean, he is a first-class jerk. Wow. He is a first-class you-know-what. Most coaches, I'd say, no way. We need no video way. of that. Did Sean Payton do the skull chant? Mocking Vikings fans with 10 seconds left. Because don't forget, too, that that drive, <laughs> that last drive started with a false start penalty. They went backwards to start that drive. Yeah. Oh, but my Sean God. But Sean Payton is is one of the very few head co- coaches in this league that I wouldn't put it past to do something like that. Also worth noting, even though Kai Forbath was very clutch in the fourth quarter of that game, at one point it looked like he may have kicked the game-winning field goal from 53 yards right between the eyes. He deserves a ton of credit. Mm-hmm. Even with that said, mm-hmm. the history of Vikings kicks in big spots, second half, fourth quarter of playoff games is very well noted, very well documented. And even though Kai Forbath had a good game, our trust level in him is still waning, maybe because of history, maybe because of you know him missing extra points. The fact that the Demons were exercised with Stefan Diggs taking the ball Away from Kai Forbath's foot, right? Yes. I mean that play. That play plays out pretty standard. Where the, or you catch the pass, you get out of bounds, and now you, now it rests on a fifty what fifty one yard field goal, whatever it would have been mm-hmm. for Kai Forbath. Mm-hmm. And and the way the play played out, and Stefan Diggs just takes it away from the kicking game. You know what? I'm just going to win this game. We're not going to worry about the football gods. I'll just run it across to make sure. Uh, but let but let's say let's say he goes out of bounds. Case Keenum deserves credit. For doing what he had to do and getting the Vikings into that field goal range, even if Stefan Diggs well, you know, yeah. goes out of bounds at the 32-yard line. Time. He did what he had to do to get the Vikings in field goal range, and Stefan Diggs did the rest. I, I said, though, the one thing that I couldn't have, of, of as wrong as things went for a while there, the one thing that I didn't want this poor fan base to have to go through was for Kai Forbath to trot on the field with two seconds or a second left and for that to be it, because that is the one thing that I don't think that you can make these people go through. And they didn't. So, But yeah, Keenum deserves... No, oh, but they but they did with a minute and a half left. I know, but I'm saying with two se- if he had come back on that field with two seconds left, that place was already a- apoplectic. But Keenum deserves a lot of credit, and what Keenum... Keenum did not have a great game, but what he has done this year and what we'll talk about is the fact that for whatever reason, when the moment is the biggest, for the most part, he's come up. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not to say that Case Keenum isn't Tom Brady. Uh, I, let's not go there, but Tom Brady threw a pick six in the first half of the Super Bowl last year, and his team was down twenty-eight to three. You're not, you're not going to have a perfect game, even if you're a Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees was bad in the first half. Can you be bad in the first half or throw a, a, a an extremely bad interception like Case Keenum did? bounce back, take a deep breath, and make big boy throws down the stretch. And he did. Uh, let's check in to see how Saints fans are doing this morning. It's the first ever edition of Saints Vent Line on the Mackie and Judd Show. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? And i got to be perfectly honest with you. They put me to sleep. 17 nothing. I fell asleep on the recliner watching the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched, This is a true story. When I woke up, I'm looking at the screen, 
it says 24-23. I caught the play before I saw the worst example of an open field tackle I've ever seen in my life. I've never played organized football. I go watch high school football, and I guarantee you those kids in any game situation know better than that. That what I saw, I, I actually sat here for a good five minutes and didn't say a word. I'm just trying to take it in. And I realized what a comeback that I didn't see. Right. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're going to beat them saves? Uh, Marcus Williams' Wikipedia page. I'm sure this has been edited back, but this is what it was at one point this morning. Williams committed career suicide in an <laughs> NFC Divisional playoff game on January 14th, 2018 against the Minnesota Vikings by missing a tackle on receiver Stefan Diggs, who took a pass along the right sideline from Case Keenum, 61 yards for a touchdown as time ran out in regulation, while Williams would stupidly collide with Saints cornerback Ken Crawley. Pretty good. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Mike, you're on with Mackie and Judd. You know, for me, this is the second best Minnesota sports moment I've ever seen. I'm 63 years old. Um, And the reason it was so wonderful is that I had given up. I'm sitting there looking at the TV going, crap, they're going to lose. Oh, crap. And then I thought, well, I'll watch it, but they're going to lose. And then this, this, like lightning struck and all of a sudden it's like holy smokes holy crap i mean i jumped out of my easy chair i don't jump out of it i've got arthritis big time but i hopped out of that thing like a little kid (laughs) and and to me like i said it was the second best moment and the first for me was personal was watching my senior son at, at the 2008 minnesota high school swimming championships touch out another kid by one one hundredth of a second after yeah. he was in sixth place halfway through the race, you know, in the hundred three, mm-hmm. become state champion in that race. And I, to me, it's the same thing. It's like I'd given up on him. I thought, crap, my kid's going to lose. You know, he, he was top seed. All of a sudden, he's in sixth place. This is terrible. And then all of a sudden, like this miracle happened. Hey, Mike, was Sean Payton taunting your kid down the stretch of that race? <laughs> no, but the kids or the parents from Mountain View were. <laughs> well, they got what they deserved then. That's an awesome phone call, Mike. Thanks for, for chiming in. Um, yeah, 651-646-8255 for people who want to. We'll keep, we'll keep them open throughout the entire show. So we get to Courtney Cronin next Let's year? Let's do that. Let's talk to Courtney next. All right, Courtney Cronin was also uh, covering that game. This is her first season covering the Vikings. Welcome to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. This is definitely new. Hey, she but- saw the good, though. Yes. There's not a lot of good. She saw some good. Maybe Courtney is the good luck charm that Vikings fans have been waiting for. We'll talk to her next. Mackie and Judd now continue. We have the goods. On 1500 ESPN. How's it going, guys? Oh, my God. (laughs) What's wrong? What's wrong, man? You act like there's something wrong. I'm just trying to stop the tears from rolling down my cheeks. (laughs) I'm... This never happens for us. Uh, <laughs> it never happens that we get lucky. Tell me about but, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yoke tweets into the show. I was teaching my six-year-old daughter about sports disappointment and handling it okay when Stefan Diggs caught that ball. The lesson was cut short. Uh, yes, I would say so. Courtney Cronin, Vikings insider and beat writer from ESPN.com. She's been all over SportsCenter, 
the last few weeks. What? I, let's just start here. You, you're downstairs and and you're going through all the post game and talking to players and different people. What, what what's the most interesting thing you learned that might not have been seen just watching the game on TV or from the stadium as you did some digging after the game? Well, honestly, and I mean this like not about. I think Keith Keenum may have blacked out in that moment, <laughs> which you completely expect because everything that we heard from. Joe Berger saying, you know, he said, we're going to give somebody a chance in the huddle, and Stefan Diggs corroborating that story, and Keenum, like, didn't remember saying anything. So, I mean, I just think that it truly, those jaw-dropping moments don't just affect, you know, players. I think that I may have blacked out, too, um, <laughs> during that, because you just, you don't expect something like that. A last-second desperation heave that works and a missed tackle and just kind of how everything fit as perfectly, I guess, as the, as the script made it. Like it's, I think in talking to players, it's just that shock factor where, you know, I, I mean, Anthony Barr said, he's like, you know, I, was, I didn't even see the play. He's like, I kind of was feeling sorry for myself, had my head down. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's the sideline freaking out and Diggs is not out of bounds. He's, you know, untouched and running, you know, running down the sideline, not looking back and how quickly things can change in moments like that. And I think that's just like, it just teaches you the power of sports and, you know, there's such a fine line between heartache and heartbreak um, in moments that, you know, will be etched in history forever. And, you know, for once the Vikings were on, a positive side. And um, I think it's, it just, you wonder like with, in talking to everybody and just seeing kind of the, the shell shock that they're in, um, how, how you like can, you know, encapsulate that moment in history forever, because it's something that obviously you won't forget, but just the way it unfolded, it's like those crazy fourth and 25 plays that, you know, people do oral histories of, of how things happened. And, um, you know, I, I have done, I've done them in the past too. And it's just, you know, reliving those moments in history that, you know, that defined Stefan Diggs, it defined Case Keenum and their Vikings legends forever. It's unusual, but great fun too. When, when we go and talk to players and, and instead of the ordinary, you know, cliches and the, yeah, we did this or, or that you look at them and they, they look at you and no one can really describe what they just saw, Courtney. That's that. Yeah. It was the thing that struck me. Well, I mean, unless you're Harrison Smith, who told Matthew Collar that he's on to pretty much that he's on to the next game, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, he's just so locked in that he can't he can't process the moment. But you see them as people. You see this. This these are the moments where you get to see that these are living, breathing human beings with emotions who you know are not just these you know untouchable figures. I mean. Stefan Diggs on that podium and Mike Zimmer calling him baby and, and just, you know, giving him a hug and, you know, those moments where you see Zimmer let down his guard. Uh, those are so few and far between in such a sterile league like the NBA where, excuse me, like the NFL where it's not like the NBA. I think that that's, these are moments that are good for football uh, where you get to see these guys at either the highest of highs or the lowest of lows. I mean, you saw Marcus Williams, uh, the video of him in the locker room afterwards just completely distraught, owning it, um, which is a really tough thing to do for anybody, but particularly for a rookie to 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 be that upfront about, I should have made a tackle. I mean, knowing that he's the scapegoat for the Saints season right now. But, 
you know, watching Stefan Diggs up there kind of, you know, you know, he's trying to be, you know, a gangsta and like, you know, not cry. And I kind of wish he would, <laughs> you know, we saw him post game uh, kind of right there on the field, uh, you know, trying to hold back his emotions and, you know, kind of having his parallel and that's my quarterback moment on the podium where he was just talking about how much it meant to him as a person that Case Keenum said, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to believe in you. And he did. I mean, all, some, you know, you take a look at all these guys and where they were drafted and Diggs was a fifth rounder and, and fell and, you know, all they want is a chance. And he had his chance and he made the most of it. And I think that's just why, you know, these are people. These are people just like you, just like the three of us. Like, they breathe, they have feelings, and these are the times where you honestly get to see those, and it's not just the sterile, canned answers of, you know, why a play worked or why it didn't. You know, it's it's symbolic, Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com. It's, it's pretty symbolic that the next game is being played in Philadelphia because this is going to be corny, but that was a very Rocky Balboa-like performance by Case Keenum, mm-hmm. who's had a very Rocky Balboa-like career. In fact, that that felt like the end of Rocky Two, where the yeah. underdog fighter is still there at the end, and and the underdog fighter gets that last haymaker and gets off the mat just before the established world champion Hall of Fame boxer Apollo Creed. Right? I mean, there's something about him that goes beyond box scores or uh, or I mean, the tale of the tape. The the anecdote that you mentioned, he's in the huddle and he's telling Stefan Diggs or telling the huddle. I'm going to put someone in a spot to make a play. That's not fake. It's not false bravado from him. That's been there since the day he stepped foot to the University of Houston back, you know, a decade ago. Well, of course. And, I mean, that's heart. It's, it's hope. You can't measure that. And everybody wants – that's why the system is so flawed. Everybody wants to pick apart quarterbacks and look at measurables and look at numbers. And, I mean, this goes back to recruiting. When he's, you know, a high school kid who's getting overlooked because he's barely six foot. Like – this stays with guys forever, and this is why there's that built-in chip. And, I mean, you can call it corny. You can call it, you know, people want to just look at stats and have stats to find why things happen. You can't define why a play like that happened, regardless of the fact that, you know, Zimmer said that in, in the, you know, the seventh, when the, with the seven heaven play that that's a situation, and, you know, they've done so much with situational football that they've practiced that exact play millions of times, as Stephon Diggs said. That, that that didn't. They never practiced it like that. That takes a special type of guy to orchestrate a play like that on both ends. Um, and it just really goes to. I mean, it's a perfect microcosm for Keenum's season. That you know he has a career-defining throw, which is back against the wall, ten seconds left, backyard football play that he drew up in the dirt, pretty much. Um, it, it just it's it's a perfect picture. You don't get you don't get perfect moments like that all that often in sports, which is why I think you have to pause to really realize the magnitude of this um, and just how one throw changed everything. Um, because it had had that throw not been made, or honestly had had Diggs gotten tackled in bounds, we're not talking about this right now. It's just it lined up in a way that you could never predict because it's just that's the magic of sports. Sometimes things just happen in really nutty ways that we can't define, but in talking to people, you try to at least piece it together in a coherent thought. And there are just some years that are special. I mean, there's some yeah. years where we, we are now, uh, to me, at, at the point where you can't define things. We, we are to the point where if Keenum carries the, this on or not, that's not this, this, the uh, t- talking point to me. What's the talking point now is 
I firmly believe that there's sports karma at times. And sometimes it goes completely against you, and you lose, and you lose players, and they get hurt. And sometimes you see a game like that and a pass like that, and you can't define it, but you just say, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's think about the greatest moments that you've covered as a journalist and like kind of where those rank. I mean, that's, you know, these are the moments that when you talk about Case Keenum from now on, you talk about Stephon Diggs, that play is going to be the first one. It's like the catch, um, you know, with the 49ers. Or, you know, I could think of a million other ones like that. But that is whatever this is going to be called, the miracle in Minneapolis or the heist at the bank. Um, Ooh, I like that one. That's a that's a new one. That, that one, that one. People have been putting that in my mentions this morning, and I right. really like it. I thought that's... I thought Seven Heaven was cool, but at first I had heard Diggs say it, or you know, he said I thought I heard Seventh Heaven, like the the show with all the Christian values, and like you know, it was a big show growing up. I was forced to watch it. It was um, probably your show at the time. When is when is One Tree Hill? Or <laughs> yeah, Dawson, so Dawson, you know, Keenum's Creek, Dawson's, Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek, yeah. Could work too. But I mean, they, I guess they don't want to wait for their lives to be over. Yeah. So I mean, it's showing references there. Pa- pa- um, Pacey Witter, I think, would have been a great defensive oh, coordinator back in his day. I really do. Uh, exactly. I, I think I do think like the the Minneapolis miracle. I know that's what Paul Allen called it on the radio broadcast, but we already have a Music City miracle. So the city thing with the alliteration, I, I almost think we should get away from the miracle and make it a make it a separate thing altogether. I, I don't know who who officially names it though, like. Who who named the Music City Miracle? Was it just a headline in a newspaper, and that's what it became? Do we know? I, I think a lot of stuff like that starts like that. But, you know, the catch, I don't know if Vin Scully, because he was the one on the call for that game. Yeah. I don't know if he's the one who, who, who tapped it as that. Um, things just have a way of sticking. The heist at the anything. bank is good, Courtney. That's pretty good. I like yeah, that one. No, and I didn't come up with that. Credit to whomever, like, has started putting that um, out there in the Twitter sphere. It's pretty cool. But, um I mean, I think one thing that's lost, not that's kind of a little bit lost in this too, is that let's not forget what Kai Forbath did um, and what that translated to, because that missed field goal right before halftime, you know, had, had that throw to Keenum from Keenum to the Digs not happened, or you know, if that if if the play didn't work the way it did, we're probably looking back at that field goal being like, that could have been a defining moment, or that was the defining moment, even though it really, you know, there are a lot of other things that went wrong. But you take a look at what Forbath did. He exercised a lot of the playoff demons in his own right. I've never heard U.S. Bank Stadium more quiet than it was under the two-minute warning when he kicked that 53-yarder, which is tying a career, uh, a season high that he hit in Washington earlier this season. He exercised a lot of the playoff demons. Um and not standing in, in wide left infamy anymore. So I think that that's huge too. And that should not be a storyline that should not be forgotten in the midst of all this. Yeah. Courtney Cronin, great stuff. And uh, the Vikings will, will do it again in some form in Philadelphia next week. And we will be all over it. So we'll uh, in, in, take a deep breath. And this is welcome. Welcome to the Vikings, basically. But this is the, it's a this is the world, thing that Courtney. has never happened before. So fans are going to, fans are going to think that you're the, that you're the curse breaker since you started covering this team. So, I, I truly understand though now why people drink and why Xanax was invented because like, for <laughs> like that, yes. as a sports fans, you like I totally understand it. Like <laughs> that probably took a lot of years off of a lot of people's lives, um, and I hope everybody's alive today and and breathing because. <laughs> 
it just those are heart attack moments right there waiting to happen. Exactly. Thanks, All right, Courtney. Courtney. Talk soon. Talk to you. Take care. Man, I saw a I saw something on Twitter last night. Somebody uh, had an Apple Watch on, and at the en- end of that game, it indicated that they were ha- having heart problems. It basically started. Like it basically was... went off. It, it basically said it said you you need to go to the doctor. There is a potential that that you are ha- having a heart heart attack or something like that. She's right. I'm telling you, my hand was shaking. You also drink a ton of coffee. No, my nerves were fried. No, this was not coffee. I can tell you when my hand is shaking because of caffeine consumption. Yeah. This was this was my nerves were completely fried. Yeah. I mean, I I think the first ten or fifteen minutes and we had our mics off. You know, when we took take phone calls on Ventline. We were just giggling, just like laughing uncontrollably yeah. because you just, it's, 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 it's a shock to the system because you've seen it play out a certain way your entire life as a Vikings fan. And it was about to play out that way again. And we were already ready to take the same phone calls that we've been taking every time something like this happens and feel the same way. And then it's like this shock to your system and this jolt and you can't stop laughing because you just didn't expect how, it. It's how do you even explain that play, too? The play made no sense. No, it didn't. I mean, nothing the about that. The way it that was defended made no sense. Made no the, sense. It was, let's come back, stuff you should know about with Dave, and uh, later on the superstar Mike Morris will join us the entire noon hour. We're also going to track down uh, Jarius Wright between meetings. Jarius Wright was one of the three routes running to the right side of of the field. He was right in front of Stefan Diggs when Diggs, so he had a really unique vantage point. So we'll talk to him. Dave, what's coming up and stuff? Well, there was other football this week and a lot relating to that. And yeah, there's more on this game. We're full. All right, let's do that next. Uh, first, Luther Brookdale Toyota has just announced some incredible deals this month of January. The 2018 RAV4 is getting rave reviews. It's snowing like crazy the last couple days, so you want to get into something safe, great safety features, four-wheel drive, spaciousness. That's where the RAV4 comes in. Great technology on the interior. The 2018 RAV4, 0% financing, plus $500 in bonus cash, or you can lease for just $199 a month. That's absurd, and that's with a very reasonable down payment. But we're talking about one of the best SUVs in the world. Durability, great handling, great safety features, which is key this time of year. And you can lease it for just $199 a month. Or, like I said, 0% financing and $500 bonus cash. Luther Brookdale Toyota. My family and I have been going for decades. Stop in on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard or visit the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. No, ma'am, we do not have a sense of humor we're aware of. May we come in? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer. Ready for a bad cold and flu season. A cold is a cold, but flu brings fever. Be prepared with the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer. Backed by medical professionals everywhere. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. 
This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. So what type of stuff do you have for us on this Monday? Let's review or preview or whatever we want to call it. Zach Berman covers the Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Daily News, Philly.com. Presents the flow chart that leads us all the way to Sunday, boys. Eagles traded Foles to Rams for Bradford. Foles loses jobs and loses job in St. Louis. Keenum takes over. Eagles draft Wentz, trade Bradford to Minnesota. Vikings sign Keenum, who replaces injured Bradford. Foles returns to Philly, replaces injured Wentz. Now Foles v Keenum with Bradford in the wings. If Correct. Keenum takes a big hit in that game. That's awesome. That's, that's so, right. That's pretty fun. Jeff Fisher just watching. He should be watching with full shame, but somehow watches with pride, thinking that he's I the one that, that prepared these quarterbacks I, for battle later in their lives. I read a story a couple weeks ago that Foles actually contemplated retiring because he, he hated playing for Fisher so much. Yeah. He couldn't stand him to the point of he thought about quitting the game of football. Yeah. And and now, now, now Carson Wentz is the guy who set the Eagles up to play this game to begin with. And we'll get way into this matchup all throughout the week. The, the only thing the Eagles offer the Vikings in this game that the Vikings didn't already thwart, barely, but thwart against the Saints is a new stadium, home field advantage. Nick Foles versus Drew Brees? No. Well, the Eagles defense, did you see that pass rush with Cam Jordan? Case Keenum was running for his life for a lot. Now, there's a couple plays. There's one where he had 10 seconds to throw. But uh, it wasn't like the Saints weren't getting pressure on him. We'll see. Obviously, a lot of people going crazy when the big play happened yesterday inside the stadium where I was at the X. It targets in our video of uh, Wolves fans going nuts. See if you can figure this one out. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Where's this cheer coming from? Keenum in there. Mm, you may have heard a Keenum. You may have. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I got nothing. I'll give you a hint. Five and a half. Oh, oh a sports book? That was inside the MGM Grand Las Vegas. <laughs> I was betters uh, who had money on the Saints were slapping hands. The Vikings didn't kick the I was thinking point. the same thing myself. Are they actually going to come out and uh, attempt the, the, the field goal? So somebody yelled, it's, push? it's Keenum, and they realized, oh, they're just going to take a knee yes. in this spot. They should have gone for two. Screw it. Let's rub it in. Sean Payton. With the punter out there? They got the punters on defense. Rips. You could have isolated the punter in coverage against Kyle Rudolph. And run that thing up to seven. Like two broken ribs. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the guy who uh, left us over the week weekend. Keith Jackson, 89 years old. The last time Brian Greasy ran that far, his dad was chasing him with a stick. It is called the Cinderella story. We've had all the romance. Now let's find out if she can dance. That was from the uh, Rose Bowl appearance, Northwestern versus USC. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. He so he called the uh, the epic Rose Bowl USC Texas, right? The, yes. The, oh, the six, Matt Leinart uh, and Vince Young game. Vince Young big uh, play at the end. One yes. of his last big games that he called because he's been retired for about ten years. But just a legend. Yeah, multiple generations of, of college football fans grew up with him as the big voice on Saturday. Yeah, Whoa, Nelly. This was his. Uh, well, definite, not definition, but explanation of where the origin came from for the uh, the use of Woe Nelly. Woe Nelly came from my great-grandpa. <laughs> he was a farmer, 
He was a whistler, one of these guys. He was always working and always busy, and but he, he really didn't whistle. He just kind of one of those, you know? <laughs> and then he would do something or drop something or whatever, and, and oftentimes you'd hear him say, whoa, Nelly, whoa, Nelly, that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of stuck to the little scruffy kid following him around. <laughs> Keith J- Jackson did what? Baseball as well yep. for quite a while. Olympic Games, I think he worked a bunch of those. Yep. I mean, he was really, really good. The thing I loved about him, he was a big deal, but he never made himself a bigger deal than the games that he was on. There was never a game where he thought to himself, I'm going to define this game. And that's something that's lost now. He I never think. stuck the Tostitos, uh, for all the Tostitos mentioned in there at the and end of the fiesta? He never tried to make highlight shows. That's oh, what I liked about along him. Along with all that, he also did a lot of the ABC Wild World, Wide World of Sports right. stuff. You know, motorcycle jumps and whatnot. I think I uh, saw he... It was an ABC News piece about his uh, passing. I think it's 31 different countries he visited just for the wild world of sports stuff. Wow. I mean, he was everywhere. That's cool. He's a legend. Jalen Ramsey, Jacksonville Jaguars post game. I was kind of wondering why they were so confident because we stomped their ass last time. Um, and we knew we was going to do the same this time. I mean, we were confident going in the game. Uh, so, I mean... I, I can't tell you why they were so confident, um, but that went out the door real quick. I was shocked by that score. Well, this, I think the I was high, absolutely the high, shocked by that score. Well, I don't think anyone should have been shocked that the Jaguars won the game. No, but the, I'm but the nature the score. of the yes. yeah to combine for 87 points, and it's amazing. Like the the Jaguars defense. They, you look at the scoreboard, they gave up 42 points, but you still, even like the Vikings defense yesterday, but you still thought there were moments of greatness within the high-scoring nature. You thought great defensive stops, uh, pass rush, and somehow, because you're Big Ben and you got Hall of Famers and Antonio Brown, you can just drop back and throw a ball 40 yards down the field on fourth down and, and connect on a touchdown because <laughs> you've got such great players at the top of your pecking order. How when Big Ben is your quarterback, though, on fourth and one do you throw a pass? That's the one I'll I'll never. Well, get. they don't sneak. Apparently, it's amazing, but apparently they don't the man, sneak. All the man has to do is literally take the ball and fall forward, and he's a big enough yeah. guy to do it. And you throw a pass on fourth and one. What is he six six two seventy? You're not gonna yeah. You're not gonna stop him. And he called out in the post game press conference Todd Haley for never calling quarterback sneaks. Yeah, Todd Haley's they gone. They hate each other. He's gone. What do you think the best part is of Gronk's last few days? James White shifts into the backfield off the right hip of Brady. Puts his left foot forward in the red shoes. Takes the snap. Looks right. Lobs it for Gronk. He reaches up. He brings it down. Touchdown, Patriots. That's pretty good, but I would put my money on this. Gronk being tabbed by the Tide Company to tell (laughs) kids to stop eating their pod packs. No, 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 no. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods for washing, not eating. Do not eat. Okay, someone has to explain to me what th- this is all about. So kids have decided that they're going to... They eat. look like candy, right? They're little blue and white packets. But are we talking about little kids or are we no, talking about we're teenagers? we're talking about teenagers. Oh, they do it for like like a high? I don't know if it's a high, but it's... I don't know. You remember being a teenager and people doing stupid stuff around you and thinking, what in the hell are you doing, right? Well, yeah, but I don't think anyone... I don't think any of my friends ever ate laundry packets. Hey. You Detergent packets. Just keep one upping. Every generation's got to push the push it a little further, right? I still want to know where stuff like this starts. I don't know, like, who's idiots. The, who's the first teenage kid to be like, "This is going to be really cool." The Tide packet thing. I'm going to eat that. Yeah. Like, this who, isn't who like when that? when college kids. How should I say this? 
soak certain things in vodka and then put them certain places. You guys have heard exactly about that. What you mean. I know what, yeah, I know yes. what you're saying. Yeah. Is that kind of what they, I, is there some way to. Is there a high from this though of some sort? That That's what I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I either. just saw a story. I thought like a little kids were this. getting a hold of these like candy and grumpy. Oh. oh no, no, this is this is kids that should know better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're idiots. I love Gronk. Gronk telling them not to do it. Voice uh, of reason. Getting off the football field for just a moment. Your Timberwolves just completed a five-game homestand where they went five and zero and outscored uh, teams on an average by almost eighteen points. Yeah, this is the toughest part of their schedule, and they just well, it's home games, but it's. It's a bunch of tough teams, and they just wiped the floor with everybody. Not a great time to be playing a game. It was on ESPN last night. It was a nationally yeah. televised game, and everyone was still probably you know, snorting lines of snow outside U.S. Bank Stadium. But, uh, yeah, they're playing. They're, I think, a half game back of the Spurs right now for the three seed as they well are. in the Western Conference. They are. So they're incredible, but it's a Vikings town until the Vikings are done with this run. So... Keep playing well. We'll we'll get back to you later in maybe mid February, Timberwolves. So hold, we'll hold on there. a second. So the Viking the Vikings are coming back to win playoff games, and the Wolves are about to qualify for the playoffs and look good. What the hell's going on in this town? Ah, don't worry. You still have the X. You were there last night. Now you know why I can't stand that team. Oh, those bleepers! <laughs> See? I was three three and a half minutes away from a five game write it write that down parlay, and those bleeps. They screwed me. And you can win it in overtime, fellas. All right, they can tie it up. All right, second most dangerous lead in hockey, the one-goal lead. You already gave that up, but you can win it. You can win it. (laughs) Sing it, Dave Harrigan. Sing it. That's amazing. They had Parisi, Suter, and Koivu on the ice at the same time in overtime. Those three. We can skate faster than those three. Two of them actually had crutches. (laughs) Gosh! <laughs> With little blades on the edge. I love this meltdown. <laughs> so mad! It was a five-game parlay. Welcome aboard, Harrigan. Welcome aboard, man. This is investing your emotions in that team. Oh, it's, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. You should have known better than to trust them. By the way, you should have just said four. Don't wins. put this on me. Put it on them. Yeah, Thomas Vanek tied the game. <laughs> Shut up. Stop it. He's 70, he skates like he's 75 years old. <laughs> I can't believe he's still in the league. Thomas Vanek is still in the league. He's scoring goals spot. this year. Good for him. Vikings fan. Um, we have the superstar Mike Morris in about an hour. Jarius Wright will join the show a little bit later on. So a lot more to get to here. It's Mackie and Judd. Uh, first, a word from the number one REMAX results team, Chris Lindahl. Uh, little Birdie told me, Chris Lindahl, you're going to all those billboards you see around town. They're going to be very purple in the coming few days. I believe uh, a little birdie has confirmed that to me. So, you know, Chris Lindahl, his team helped me with the sale of my condo about a year ago now and and helped me earn a lot more money for that sale than I thought. I had a number in my head, and I did, did some extensive research. And they came back and said, actually, we can put it on the market for this amount. And I was like, that, that seems kind of risky. I don't need this thing to be on the market for six months. Not only was it not on the market for six months, and not only did it sell for a lot more money than I obviously thought, but I had a full price to offer within three hours of the open, the first open house. So these are expert marketers. Let the Chris Lindahl team help you make a lot of money off the sale of your home. 
763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press conference this morning. Mackey and Judd. He also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two. On 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities and Motions Hot Dash 5K. And 10 miles, Saturday, March 24th, bring your Lumberjack Best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top-10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, and activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration is open now. All runners will receive a Storm Creek long-sleeve quarter-zip technical pullover. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. And steps into it. Passes. Now, that's a great call, and I say this. It's been 13 years, Vikings fans. I say we purge our angst towards Joe Buck and and accept the fact that as much as, as all of you for 13 years have held a grudge uh, for uh, for Buck saying he was disgusted by, by Moss's actions in Green Bay, I think that call now, I think we move on. I think we purge that angst about Joe Buck and say that was an absolutely perfect, fantastic call, and our new perception of Joe Buck is that call. It was a great call. It was it was simple. Troy Aikman stayed in the background and then commented after it was over. I thought it was a great call. I thought the uh, the angst over Joe Buck and Rand, the Randy Moss call almost you know a decade and a half ago. I thought probably took that a little too hard here. Yeah, he was way over the top with his with his reaction. And didn't know the backstory clearly of Packers fans mooning the Vikings team bus, but that was a that was a great call. Um, that's got to be a really tough spot there too because let's play it again. There's so many factors on that play. Mm-hmm. There's the sideline. There's the clock. There's the defensive meltdown. Do they? You know, do do should he be getting out of bounds? You mention that, or you, do you just call it like like it's happening? Yeah, steps into it. Passes. Oh my god. That's absolutely perfect though. As as simple as possible and and the pictures tell the story. You don't need to give us a ton. I think that's an absolutely perfect call for that play. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We'll take your thoughts on what we should call it. I know Minneapolis or Minnesota Miracle is uh probably the leading candidate. I really like Seven Heaven and I also like Heist in the bank, although I don't think that's going to win out because it didn't make like a newspaper headline. Jeff, what's going on, man? Hello. Yeah, you're on the show. Okay, so Friday I emailed you guys and I said, what time are you doing picks? And you replied very kindly and said 1130. And then I replied to you and said, here's my 53 years of Vikings perspective. I can't take it anymore. Either we win the Super Bowl (laughs) or if we lose the Super Bowl, it has to be like this tremendous heartache. So the Saints kicked the field goal to go up. There's 25 seconds left. I down the rest of my keystone. I go to the bathroom, <laughs> take a leak. I walk downstairs to get my golf clubs. I'm going to go out and do some night golfing to get it away and get my frustrations out. And then I hear 
my boys going absolutely berserk upstairs, and I run upstairs. So I didn't even see it. You it was laughed like early. Unbelievable. So did yeah, you? Did you? I did you early. bolt before the Vikings even got the ball back? Was it pretty much, yes. hey, Saints make yes. the field goal, and you've seen enough? Saints make the field goal. I've had enough. I've lived this too many times. I can't do it anymore. I'm going to rugby. I'm going to go to rugby, and <laughs> and then like I still can't believe it. I I'm, I still cry. I'm watching. The Dan Patrick Show and Sports Center and every highlight I can see, and I still get chilled. It's just unbelievable. God dang it! There, but but to to your defense, there's no there's no point where where you would think to yourself this might work out. Like there's no. there's been no re- reference point as a Viking fan in your life probably where you're like you know what this might work. You're thinking no. it happened again. The Quigley yes. punt, the Forbath miss, the Keenum pick, yes. all of those the things. All of yep. those things are the hat trick. They they are the recipe to Vikings disaster. So you're going yes. to naturally say, forget about it. I'm checking out. And this trumps this trumps Puck, Puckett's game six because we already had 87. We already had a title, right? We we already had it. The Twins had it already. We knew they were a good team. That's baseball. We can get back there again. This this doesn't happen to the Minnesota Vikings. It just doesn't happen. No. It also that's a great phone call from Jeff. I'll add this on to uh, the conversation. We had an emailer, Dan. I think it's between, for great Minnesota sports moments, Puckett Game 6. I mean, Game 7 as well. You can kind of lump those in. But if you're isolating Puckett Game 6 versus this, as emailer Dan points out, that game was tied. So if Kirby Puckett strikes out or grounds out or something, the game goes on. Mm -hmm. His at-bat didn't carry the gravity and the leverage that this play did, because if you don't do something on that play, the game is over and you're out of the playoffs. And you don't have a chance to go on to win the championship. If Kirby Puckett doesn't hit the home run, if he flies out, if he gets jammed, if he strikes out, the game goes on. Maybe Kent Herbeck wins it two innings later, right? So, I mean, I mean I'm not, we're splitting hairs here on the greatest plays in Minnesota sports history, yeah. but this. I don't know if I could do that. Do what? I I don't let's know. Keep, let's we're up again, let's keep this going. All right, all right. Because I I think I think there, there's a way that this moves to one, but I think it's a wait and see proposition. Okay, six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. More of your calls and just we're still riding high after last night on no sleep, like a lot of you guys are, and uh, we'll do this until one o'clock.